such a Jesus lover. Hi friends, welcome. This is it. We have over a decade of episodes unpacking stories and life to help you discover your purpose, your divine design, and what you are wired to do. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. Please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe to Girlfriend It so we can be in it together. Well, welcome to Girlfriend It. And we have a little bit of a heavier topic today. What is PTSD and how is it affecting people you love? Our guest today is a historical suspense novelist who loves spinning tales that at their core hunt for beauty even when it isn't pretty. She's the author of several powerful and entertaining books, her latest being When the Enemy Looks Like Someone You Love. So welcome, Janair. How are you today? I'm doing very well, thank you. And and we had a crazy morning. Uh, technology has been your best <laughs> friend today. So it's been kind of fun watching you run around on a video camera. I appreciate it. <laughs> it it filled my heart with joy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I gave somebody a laugh today. There's there's something in that for for me, I suppose. <laughs> yes, uh, it, it's funny how it, it used to stress me out so much on on certain things when when technology wasn't running my way, and now I I've learned to be able to just it puts a smile on my face because I spend my life on Zoom. And so many crazy <laughs> things happen. And, and I think it's it's kind of been cool. I mean, there's been a, a lot of horrible things during the pandemic. But on the other hand, there's there's this level of grace that people offer and what we see and what happens on Zoom and on the camera um, has actually, I, I don't know, it's been fun. I think someone needs to write a book just on the funny things we see. <laughs> Right? I know. And it's one thing, I, I have actually worked from home for 16 years. So I, I'm usually that person that's pretty chill with technology, and I've got it down. And of course, I happen to be in the office today, and none of the technology works. <laughs> so I blame it on the office. I'm in the office and not at home. <laughs> well, Welcome, and I'm glad that that we finally made it here on the show. And you know, I your latest book is described as a deliciously eerie Hitchcockian type story <laughs> filled with love and suspense. So it's funny how um, we we're putting those words together. Uh, so I can't wait to get inside your brain. I'm going to start with. What are you binge watching currently? Like, are you a thriller what? geek or a true crime? <laughs> what, what do you watch to like this? I am like a super eclectic person. So I I watch everything from the romance stuff to right now I am binge watching Only Murders in the Building on Hulu, which has uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short. <laughs> In it, and it is absolutely hilarious. But they are investigating a murder too, Um, so it kind of has uh, this mashup of things that don't necessarily belong together. I mean, murder and funny should not belong in the same sentence. But it's working really well, and I—it's a nice light um, thing that I don't 
I have to think through because with what I do in my job, my day job and my writing, um, there's a lot coming at me all the time. So it's nice to have a little bit of a brain break in there sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Got escape. And and Steve Martin and Martin Short, those are two of my favorite. And the combo of, of them is hysterical. So I'm going to write that one down. It uh, is so funny. I just, like I said, I was like, nah, I'm not so sure how this is going to work. Um, but yeah, they're, they're hilarious. And I love how they, they play off one another. Ever since Three Amigos, I'm all in for that combination. <laughs> Well, it's it's interesting how those two um, emotions, uh, when you're talking mm-hmm. about love and like the show that it works, you're talking about murder and yet we have humor. Um, so the the darkness and yet there's the light, and you you cover that really well in your book. Uh, it's it's interesting that even now in this season with what's going on and you know Russia and Ukraine, I. I'm a corporate trainer and I was talking about we all need to in our and I know even in our darkest <laughs> that we have to lean into the joy and you weave that all in the lightness and the darkness in your book uh mm-hmm. how does imagery of that especially in a spiritual sense uh weave throughout the story how and i i don't know where this question is going but you're so intentional <laughs> with that and so it's funny that you're sharing the the shows that you're watching and you also put that in your book so go ahead and yep. unpack that for us a little bit okay so um the book shadows in the mind's eye it even has it in the title um, so there are these shadows that are smashed right up against these dreams that the two main characters carry in their mind's eye. Um, and so um, the the themes in the book, um, there's a lot of fairy tale imagery that I use in the book, which sounds fluffy, <laughs> I realize. But if you go back to the old fairy tales, I mean, Brothers Grimm um, is not fluffy. They're, they're very dark. Um, And they play a lot with this um, darkness smashing right up against the light. And there's a um, character in the book. um, Her name is Debbie May. And Debbie May is actually based on um, the grandmother of one of my really good friends whose name was Debbie and lived in the mountains of Arkansas where the book takes place. Um, But Debbie May says, um, you know, things like, it seems like if you hold joy right up against sorrow, it would, it would break, you know, it would crack a person right in half, um, you know, kind of like the hot and the cold together would crack something. Um, but that just isn't so. Um, and in life, um, when you put two things that seem to oppose one another um, together, that's what life is, you know? Um, and so when you talk about funny and death, I, that is, that's real life. You know, um, and so in the book, um, there's a lot of discussion of the darkness um, being what shows the light. Um, and that's something I, that can be said really flippantly, <laughs> um, but it isn't. Um, and it's something that I've experienced in my own life. Um, my daughter 
uh, let's see, we just passed a week ago, this last weekend, the four-year anniversary of when she almost died. Mm. Um, and she's okay now. Um, you will, uh, relatively speaking, you wouldn't look at her and say, you know, she almost died a couple of times um, just a few years ago. Um, but we were in the, out of the hospital with her and nobody knew what was going on with her. Um, and I look back and my kid is a walking miracle. Um, and I tell the story that about a month before she got really, really sick, I prayed and said, God, show me you love me. And his answer was my daughter going into the hospital. <laughs> you know, that's not an easy thing. Um, and so I look back, though, and my daughter, by all rights, should have died. She had a birth appendix that the doctors missed. Mm. Um, and um, she didn't. God spared her. Um, and this book is interesting because it shadows in the mind's eye. I wrote about half of it before my daughter got sick. Mm. And then I finished it after she got sick <laughs> and wow. after she was on the other side of it. So you see these themes of, um, you know, life is really, really hard. Yeah. But it's in those moments that you look back and you say, God spared me in that, that yeah, life is hard. We're never, we're never promised an easy life. We're promised when bad things happen, God shows up. Um, And that's the thing that you see throughout the book is when the darkness creeps in, Annie calls him the devil. (laughs) So that's a a little uh, uh, Arkansas uh, um, kind of flair to it. That's how they reference it in the hill country. Um, you know, the devil, the devils are, are, are after her family, um, and the darkness is after all of us. And, but Debbie May is a representation, um, of the light coming in and she's a reminder that light is always going to be there Mm -hmm. if you, if you're looking for it. And when you put a flashlight, a little tiny light, a match, anything in the darkness, you can see it from anywhere, (laughs) you know? And so it's finding those little spots of goodness. Um, that these characters do throughout the book. Um, and it's in subtle things like, um, you know, that there's a lot of storm in an imagery and the darkness and that, but then um, people coming in with flashlights and lights. And um, so it's both in the themology of the book um, and then also like in the physical representations, you see the dark and the light and when things happen in the dark and in the light, um, which is a literary thing that I didn't realize I did until I was done with the book. <laughs> oh, that's, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause you address <laughs> and acknowledge that, you know, God doesn't stop bad things from happening, no. but and and you said it earlier, if you're looking for it, if we're yeah. allowing God to be able to use the hurt and the pain yeah. in our lives, um, that we really, do have a loving God and a good God. Uh, And and the thing is, is, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, the thing is, is that we don't usually see it in the moment. Mm. We don't usually see, or if it's real tragedy, a lot of times we, we are so steeped in the difficulty of it and the humanness of it that we don't see it until we look back. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always really careful to say that because I don't want anybody out there that's struggling right now to be like, why don't I see it? Why don't I see the light? Why don't I see God? And you know what? I'm going to encourage you right now. Even if you can't see it, it's there. It is there. God is there. 
and it, it mm-hmm. might take a little time and that's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. hold tight, hold tight to your faith. That's a little bit of what faith is. Um, but it's okay if you don't feel it right now. Um, and that's something that the characters deal with too. Is like, okay, when is God going to show up on my timeline, my timeline? I'm, I'm the most impatient person on the planet. Can I just say that? That I want God to show up on my terms. And he doesn't usually. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. And and you do that. You uh, shed the light on it's okay. And and I started out by saying, you know, what what are the effects of PTSD and how do we, um, you know, how do we help a loved one and you, in your book, once again, the character in your book has PTSD. So in Mm -hmm. our current day, we are very aware. I, I shouldn't say very aware. We're just aware of what PTSD is and that, it, it is very prevalent among um, people, especially in the military, or you see women who um, have been assaulted, and we we hear more about this. Uh, what are your thoughts, and you have done quite a bit of research uh, mm-hmm. regarding back in the 1940s, like after World War II, how do you think they um, saw PTSD? Because they hadn't even, they weren't even aware of this. Right. Yeah. So back in the 1940s, they often called it battle fatigue. Like uh-huh. they just needed a good nap. <laughs> they would yeah. get over it, you know. Um, but and it's interesting um, because I don't think many of us think about the warriors of World War One and World War Two dealing with the effects of PTSD. It's just not as commonly talked about. Um, but they've gone back and done research that a great number of the guys coming back and the women coming back from those wars really did have those, um, those symptoms. Uh, the good news for the, the soldiers coming back from World War II is that at least they were treated better than those coming back from World War I <laughs> with mm. um, those symptoms. Um, during World War I, everybody just kind of assumed it was a weakness of character. Um, and in World War II, they came back and they were recognizing that this happened to people across the board, um, that it wasn't something inside these men that was, that was um, not good. Uh, and they, but the problem was is that they had very little that they could do for them. I mean, there were not the medications we have today. There, were not, there was not the research done yet. Um, so things like electroshock therapy, um, which can be effective, um, but is brutal. <laughs> and uh, there are other therapies that are more effective now than they, than, than that. Um, and so it was interesting. Uh, I wanted to give Sam and Annie the best shot they possibly could, given the, um, the structures of staying faithful to the historical record. So I worked with um, a couple of therapists. And I did a ton of research um, and I actually have PTSD from some childhood trauma. And then with everything my daughter went through, I have caretaker PTSD. Um, things like I, I was opening a bottle of isopropyl alcohol for my son and I went into a full-blown panic attack just from the smell mm-hmm. of what they would use on my daughter's arm to, to um, before they would give her shots or draw blood or put, try to put an IV in. Um, so I'm very familiar with treatment. 
um, of contemporary nature. And EMDR has been proven right now to be one of the most effective forms of treatment for PTSD in general and battlefield um, PTSD in specific, because there's actually a little bit of a difference in how the brain chemistry works um, for regular PTSD and then battlefield PTSD. Um, and so EMDR is basically, it's, we're going to pull out our really big terms and it's bilateral <laughs> stimulation. <laughs> so bilateral is basically both sides. Um, so it's stimulating and alternating between both sides of your body, between your left and your right side. So things like walking, um, a lot of us know that when we have anxiety, going for a walk helps, right? So part of why that helps is because it's bilateral stimulation. It's stimulating both sides of your body. Um, so I find it very interesting that God created our bodies in such a way that they can help treat what's going on in our minds. Mm. Um, so there's a, a book, it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And The Body Keeps the Score is actually a collection of research um, for, and it's written for therapists, um, but it's written in a way that lay people um, like you and me can read it. And we find out how trauma actually affects our bodies. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it walks through what all happens when you're traumatized and how your mind and your body react to it. Um, and there's actually parts of your brain that turn off when you, um, experience trauma. And so EMDR is something that stimulates those parts of your brain and it, it helps kickstart those things back into operation. Mm -hmm. And so I gave Sam somebody who, um, had gone before him and deals with some PTSD and his brother and they walk and I gave him somebody who had gone through um, caregiving PTSD um, in Debbie May. I gave that to Annie, um, his wife. And so as they walked this through this time where everybody's questioning Sam's sanity, um, you know, is he seeing things up in the hills? Is there things that are illegal going to on up there? Or is he really the one that's dangerous um, and, and bringing them back together? Because I, always, I don't want to give away the end, but I want to say that my books always have hope. So they walk through this really dark, dark place, but then there's always the, the sunrise on the other side. Mm. Um, and so I gave Sam all, all these tools that I've been taught um, as a contemporary person that would still have existed back in the 1940s. Um, mm. Things like the deep breathing actually help. Um, and that has implications for how your brain functions. It's all of this crazy stuff. I'm telling you that once you look into the science of our brains, it will blow you away. The intricacies of what God has done to help us is crazy to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm just fascinated with it. So I put a lot of that subtly into the book um, so that people who are reading it can like go like, oh, that actually helps. And it really does. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, doesn't necessarily cure you, but it'll help. Yeah. Okay. You gave us uh, two tips because we're, we're talking here of, you know, what is PTSD and, and how mm -hmm. can we help a loved one? 
and you said walking helps the bilateral and then just the the deep breathing uh, yep. which is great to go get that book not only your book but the body keeps the score um, mm-hmm. because it explains a little bit of the science of our brain um what's what's another tip that uh, you can share with our listeners today so here's the thing with looking at the science behind um, PTSD. What happens is a body response. So like when I opened the isopropyl alcohol, I didn't think, oh, this smells like the stuff that they rubbed on your daughter's arm and, you know, be prepared because she's going to go through a lot of pain you know, with them trying to get another IV in veins that are already calloused over. My brain didn't go through those hoops, right? My brain just said, oh my gosh, be prepared. Something's coming. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went into a panic attack. And what happens in, in trauma is that our brains are conditioned to protect our bodies, right? And so our our um, trauma responses skip over the conscious parts of our brain to a subconscious reaction. So one of the things that I really recommend people doing is if you see somebody going into a panic attack, (laughs) realize it's not their fault. I mean, it's as simple as that. It's not something they're consciously doing. It's their body reacting to the trauma and trying to protect them. So one of the really effective ways um, to help somebody in a panic attack um, or somebody that's been struggling with panic um, is to train, the best way to do it is to train yourself before you're in a panic situation, Um, but it's grounding. So you look for five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. So you're finding really concrete things to anchor them into the moment to realize that they're physically safe and then their body doesn't have to panic anymore. And they can switch from their unconscious reaction, their subconscious reaction into a conscious reaction. And that Mm. helps them come out of those panics. Okay. Uh, will you repeat that again? The five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, sure. And it doesn't really matter which sense you assign the five, four, three, two, one. Um, you, just the fact of <laughs> doing those yep. senses. So it's five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. Mm. And those are things, those are tools that I've given my daughter because my daughter has PTSD now too. And um, so those are things, those are tools that I've given her, um, you know, that as she walks through school, she's a junior in high school now. And so she's doing all these testing (laughs) and all of these things. Junior year is so stressful. Um, And so that deep breathing and the, and the, the five, four, three, two, one um, grounding, um, those are all things that she uses. So, I mean, even little kids can use this too. And she's not little, but I mean, even little kids can think about things they can touch and see and hear. Um, and they understand those concepts. Um, and so I just love how simple, not necessarily easy, 
but simple <laughs> the tools are. Because um, I will tell you, the the more often you do them, the easier it is to employ them when you're in panic. Um, yeah. And so I encourage people to practice them when they're not in a in a place of panic, so that they're easier to access when you are yeah. in panic. And now, is your daughter completely out of um, of that? So she, um, for the most part, yes. Um, she has um, a few residual things from um, from the trauma and some of the medications that she was on. Um, so she uh, has a, a precancerous condition at the bottom of her esophagus from the erosion of um, all of the the poison that was in yeah. her belly, all of the infection that was in her belly um, for so long. And so she's on medicine that make it so that she can't absorb vitamins and minerals. Um, so then she has to take all those vitamins and minerals as well in addition. So she takes probably, I would say like 30 pills a day. Oh, so wow. like 15 in the morning, 15 at night, give or take, um, depending on um, things. And she has to have yearly blood draws to check um, the major vitamins and minerals to make sure that she has enough. So she tends to be anemic. So she's on iron and, um, you know, things like that, that you, you definitely need in your system to be able to function. Um, And so she takes those and that's just her life and she doesn't complain about it. She just does it. And the kid can take like seven pills at once. It's kind of crazy to me (laughs) to watch her do it. but you know, you, you those things become normal, and and we look at it and say she's alive, she's she's an athlete, she's very healthy, um, she can she can deadlift two hundred and fifty pounds. She is one tough wow. cookie, <laughs> I know, wow. and she's like teeny tiny too. So she's five six and it's tiny. Um, so five six isn't that tiny, but just body type is small. Um, and so she's, she is tough as nails. And so you would look at her and you would never, never know what she's gone through. And, you know, I look at it and I say, you know, God's got something big in store for her. With everything that she's been through. I mean, this kid is torn. She tore her ACL when she was in seventh grade. <laughs> I mean, just oh, all of man. these um, horrible things. And I think, you know, God is raising her up for something amazing. And and that's that little bit of looking for the positive sides of things, you know. She's somebody mm. that stands up for the week, um, you know, and and she does not take guff from anybody. She recognizes life is too short to deal with people that aren't nice. Um, and she moves them out of her life um, in a healthy way. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how God uses that in her life. Um, and I look back and I think, you know, um, Shadows in the Mind's Eye, the book that I wrote, is so much a testament to the resilience Jennier, of, I, oh, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, thank you. It was an honor to have you on the oh, show. Yeah. And we are going to have you on again. Best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.